war in Israel, and we uh, dedicate every year an opportunity for the Hatzlacha and full success of our soldiers and the whole country together. Amen. And all of Klaus, all of us, we all need, we all need bracha right now. So every, all of us. So on that note, first of all, to Dr. Yigal, to Rebbe Yigal, for hosting the Torah Shir. When he asked me to give a Shir, I didn't realize so, I, so many learned people, people like have Torah Shirs, Telzers, like, you know, here. So it's really a schus uh, to, give, to give the Shir and to share. Actually, he, you know, he told me that, Dr. Yigal told me that it's really, you know, Shabbos Mavarachim, speaking about Hanukkah. Uh, and maybe connect it to what we're living today. So you just ask me, you know, what I write about. So I write about many topics, and I lecture about many topics, but I happen to be, I'm a Jewish history person in particular. Uh, a few years ago, about two, three years ago, actually, I had written several articles for H.com, and the editor-in-chief of H.com, Nechemi Cooper-Smith, Rabbi Cooper-Smith, calls me up, and he says to me, could you do me a favor? I said, sure, give me here. He said, we just had, Asia Torah just had internal polling. So it happens to be, Asia is a very professional, well-run organization. And they in, had a lot of, put a lot of money into seeing their target audience for Asia.com. What would they want to read? And their target audience is younger, um, not yet from Jews. So albeit that there are many Orthodox Jews that will look on Asia, but that's not their target audience. And they were shocked, he told me, that what younger, not yet from Jews, would like to hear and read about, number one was Jewish history. Wow. And so and they were trying to figure this out because they, they, never, they didn't have a section on Jewish history. They didn't have a section on it. Like they were all doing philosophy, family, stories. They had no section on it. And they realized that you know, Jews that don't have a strong connection to the past... They want to know where they came from. They really want to know about Jewish history, and they want to understand Jewish history. So I started writing every few weeks for them an article called Jewish History. And the, the crazy thing is, is that I gave them an article a few weeks, two or three, it was supposed to be Zayn Mar Cheshvan for Mir Shapiro's yard site, and I made it in a way where people who don't know Dafyomi would understand and appreciate Mir Shapiro. They haven't published it yet. Why? Because Rabbi Yisai, right now, we're all making history. Nobody has time to read Jewish history right now. We are living in one of the most critical, cataclysmic periods, certainly in the past 50 years, questionably going back to the Holocaust at some level. Um, we're, ta- we're talking, we are making history. Okay? I think in a lot of ways it's worse than the Holocaust, because the Holocaust, you had the silent majority out of ignorance. We have a silent majority right now that have complete full knowledge of everything that's happening. And, okay, gradually we're seeing that more people are supporting us. Initially, like, all the, you know, all the media is against us and everything. But all the people that are against us, they, every one of them knows that these babies were killed and the people were kidnapped and all these things that happened. Right. That, the Holocaust so, wasn't like that. So, exactly. We, 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 it's hard, I mean, the, the scope of the Holocaust was, it was... Right, much bigger. Much, yeah. much bigger. So, I, again, I'm not... Yeah, but, again, but, but, like... The show, right, I'm actually going to touch on what you, what you mentioned, which is a great, which is a great point. Um, but the, so I, I think what today I want to speak about is how you and I and all of us, um, you know, again, as aspect of Hanukkah and connected to, to, to today, I, I give a Wednesday night share, actually on Zoom, 
to San Jose, California, where I was a for 13 years, on tefillah. So I've been talking about tefillah. I'm sure all of you in your shuls and your reading have understand that a lot of the battle against Yishmael is tefillah. I'm not going to focus on that today. I want to focus on something that perhaps a message we haven't heard yet. No, can I get to tough Hanukkah itself? Actually, speaking of history, I just saw that in a few weeks is going to be the 108th year since Albert Einstein uh, released the beginning of the theory of relativity. And one of my favorite lines uh, of Einstein is, uh, there are two ways to live in this world. One is that nothing is a miracle, and the other way is that everything is a miracle. And really, we live in a, in a, with, with a viewpoint that everything is a miracle. Anyone remember speaking on Hanukkah with the famous question of the Beis Yosef is? The famous kasha of the Beis Yosef. What's the Beis Yosef's famous kasha on Hanukkah? Come on, you've got to remember this. The Beis Yosef has a very, very famous question about Hanukkah. It's, it, it, it's, the Beis Yosef has a famous question. Everyone tries to answer this question. Why celebrate eight days? Oh, there you go. Frek, the Beis Yosef, oh, asked okay. the Beis Yosef, the miracle was for seven days. They had enough oil for the first oh, day. So why is there eight days of Hanukkah? This question of the Beis Yosef, there, there, there was a sefer that came out 50 years ago called Ner Lamea, and a hundred answers to that question of the Beis Yosef by Gedolim. I recently saw there's a new sefer called Yemei Shmona, they had 500 terutzim to this question of the, of the Beis Yosef, why there are eight days of Hanukkah. It's really, if you look around the Gudolim, all deal with this question the Beis Yosef asks. The Alter Mikhelim, the great, great student, disciple of Rizal Salanter, says that he died in 1898, who's the great founder of the Kelm Yeshiva, which many of the Mashkichim came from, many of the Gudolim came from the Alter Mikhelim. So he, says the follow, he says the following thing, based on a famous... Gemara in Tainus. The Gemara in Tainus says that Rechanina Mendoza, we know Rechanina Mendoza was this amazing person who did all kinds of Nisim, who's the, 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 the Lushan, the language of the Gemara is Mulumid Benisim. And Rechanina Mendoza's daughter once came to him and she said to that she's her father, she was sad, and her father asked her why she's sad. She said, because by mistake, on a Friday night, she lit chaymets, vinegar, and not shemen, and not oil, and for sure the candles won't go now. So what did, what did happen? What did Rechina say? Don't worry, it'll, it'll light, it'll light. So the language of the Gemara is, right? Misha'amar l'shemen v'yiluk, hu oimer l'chaymets v'yalik. Misha'amar l'shemen v'yalik, hu oimer l'chaymets v'yalik. Most people say, that, you know, or many say, that the had such a munah in Hashem that if Hashem wants it to be, if Hashem wants it, the chaymets, the vinegar could light as well. That's how, if you look at the Mepharshim, there are many of them are madgish this you say. The Alter Mikhelim, Saba Mikhelim does not say that. He says, no. Listen to it. It doesn't say that, that, that if vinegar can burn, that's going to be. Uh, a nace. He says, he says, just as the shaman lights, so to the vinegar light. Now listen to this. Misha Omer the shaman v'yalek who Omer the chametz yalek. Zakt expounds the altar Mikel that the pshat is is that the shaman lighting as well is a miracle. You think you take for granted that this oil lights is combustible? And vinegar is not? That's also, Hashem, everything in this world 
says the, says the ultimate kel. And the fact that oil is combustible, that oil can light, and we can benefit from it, that's also a nace. So he told her everything Hashem is doing is a nace. That's how the altar in Mikhelm answers the question of why there's eight days of Hanukkah. You think that the first night, the fact that we had enough oil that night, that the oil lit is, a, is not a miracle? That's also a miracle. That Hanukkah is a reminder that really, that everything that we have in this world is etzim a, a miracle. Don't take anything that we can see that there's, I mean, the fact is, as mentioned, as Rabbi in San Jose for some years, you have a Zoom that people who are, I don't know where they are in the world, but they can be in Eretzisol, they can be in Florida, they can be down the block in Skokie, can watch this, is a miracle, but our eye is a lot more of a miracle than, than Zoom is. And therefore, the oil lighting, says the ultimate kelm, is, su- is such a great uh, miracle. And really, this is a very famous Ramban Nachmanis at the end of Parsha's boat. The Ramban over there, at the end of part, you know this Ramban? Before the Haftarah. It's my, it's my uh, premise of so You know the Ramban. <laughs> told, right? The Ramban says the following thing. He says the Ramban, it's a, it's a long Ramban. It's the last Ramban. It's actually a revolver. Baal Ali Shor. Everyone, everyone heard of the Ali Shor? Everyone heard of the Ali Shor? So he says everyone has to memorize this Ramban. The Ramban talks about all the miracles, the, the open miracles. But then the Ramban says that we, for, the, the open miracles are only to remind us of Hashem. But a, that a Jew needs to know that everything that happens to us is a nice. Everything we see. And he says, the Lashon of the Ramban is, if a person doesn't understand that, that we live in a world that Hashem creates miracles, that you, we can hear and we can see, that you can look at the world. We can look at Kalal Yisrael. I mean, we're just talking about Eretz Yisrael. The fact that there's 7 million Jews come out in Eretz Yisrael is a nice. You know, mm-hmm. I talked about your sister. I have 40 hours online. I gave a class in Silicon Valley. It's a, tens of thousands of people listen to it. Now, all I talk about is how you see in history, Hashem, these are Nisim, that we're all here learning Torah, coming from all Dalai Kanfal Sa'aretz, right? Learning, it's a Nis. Says the Ramban, a person who doesn't see the Nisim throughout the world, ain't lo chelik b'toros Moshe. That we need to live in a reality, says the Ramban, is ain't lo chelik b'toros Moshe. And that, therefore, says the ultimate Kelm, when we say a bracha on Hanukkah, what's the bracha we say besides the Halak Nehra Shekhanah? What's the other bracha? Where says the altar, the, the eight days of Hanukkah is we're always leaving. That's why they tell us this class the ongoing miracles of Hanukkah. We live in constant Nisim. By the way, we're basically, you know, the situation where we're living in constant Nisim as well. Don't think we're not. We're living in a world where we should see the Rabbi Shalom and connect to him. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. From Boston, from Khan. I once saw him write that that people make a mistake. They think that a nace is some supernatural event. It says in Yudurkalash a nace could mean that. But like the Ramban, a nace just means an outstanding event. You see something. You see something which opens your eyes to see Ribbonishalam. You see something which you can connect to Hashkacha. That's a nace. That is a nace. You know, I, it's just two amazing, amazing stories I saw connected to Nisim like this, connected to Hanukkah. You know, the, the, a few weeks ago, right before, 30 days ago, right before this whole, this whole uh, thing happened with Gaza and Simcha's Torah, most people were talking about the Yom Kippur War. Right. So I once saw, uh, were you in Arts of the Yom Kippur yeah, 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 yeah. War? I'm sorry? Were you there in the Yom Kippur no. War? <laughs> it was the high school. You, know, you were no, in no. Israel, you're not so I experienced it experienced in terms it. of civilian. You, yeah. But you remember it. Right. Look, 
So I saw the following myself. So we know the Yom Kippur War started in Yom Kippur. By the end of October, it was essentially over, but they, they had surrounded the third Egyptian army, right? Ariel Sharon right. and others surrounded the third, the, third, the third Egyptian army. And they had soldiers there for months surround that army. Even though, they, by the way, the ceasefire, okay, they were getting shot at. They were getting missiles. With, it, with the war officially ended, with the ceasefire, they were still getting shot. And they had army posts all around. So there was one post, which I saw a mice, this mice, this guy, Kobe was his name. He was with a few friends. He's by the Suez Canal, which on the other side, and one of his relatives, one of his relatives sent him a package for Hanukkah, I mean, because they were, they were there for months. It happens to be, we know it, with, with uh, Miluim, with the reserves, when they called back the people. So who got back first? The people who were married. When the, when the war ended, and they were on the ceasefire, when they had surrounded, the first people they pa- were t- pulled back were the people who were married. The second people they pulled back were the people who had serious jobs. This guy, Kobe, some of his friends, they were younger, even though they were Miluim, they didn't have a, a compelling reason, so they kept them there. As, as, and they were, they were there, it was, it was, it was going to be Hanukkah. So they, he had a distant relative who sent him cookies and cookies. Like, like today, I'm sure people are sending it to Eretz Yisrael, to the soldiers. My kids wrote letters, right? They sent him, um, you know, all, she, said, she sent him all kinds of food. And she said, you know what? The Rabbanut is really supposed to provide menorahs for the soldiers. That's what, one of the things they do. But he is in a distant post. And it could be with all of the Bahala, all of the things. Maybe he didn't get. So she put, mailed him with this package, she sent him um, a menorah as well. And the package came on the third or fourth day of Hanukkah, and he did not have a menorah. And he was so excited to light the menorah, but there was a problem. It was nighttime, and they had a blackout. Right? right? You, can, you, know, you were in the army? It's not to eat the you were in the... No, I, I knew about it. Right. There was a blackout, and he could not light outside. And he couldn't light in the tent, because in the tent... It, you can burn, you can get, it's dangerous. Outside, they had a blackout. So he thought about it, thought about it, you know what I'll do? I'll go to the foxhole. They had dug a foxhole that when they get, when, if they get shelled, they would go down to this foxhole. I'll go in the foxhole and light there. So Kobe goes down to the foxhole. His three friends who's worked with him in the tent, they say to him, they say to him, where are you going to the foxhole? We're not being shelled. Nothing's happening. What are you going down there? He said, I got a menorah from my cousin. I want to go light. It's, the, it's Hanukkah. It's my first opportunity. They say, we also want to light. So all four of them go down to this foxhole and they light them. By the way, the halacha, mistama, they're not obligated to light. I don't think they were, these were misortim. They were traditional Jews. You know, they, I'm not sure that if in a tent, they, by the way, by Sephardim, you know, that if the parents light at home, the kids don't need to light. There's a lot of reasons why they may not need to light. They're shliach, right? Especially, Chacham Avadi holds if you have a son in America and you're in Eretz you can light from me. You don't even have to even light that, that way or vice versa if you're kids wow. in yeshiva. But the mice, they lit and they lit for all the right reason. And they lit the, they lit the menorah in this foxhole and uh, they, they were singing Ma'osor and as they're singing Ma'osor, a shell from the Egyptians flies over their head, smashes into the tent where they all were just 10 minutes earlier and destroys the tent. Had any of them been in that tent, they would have been killed. That's Bayamim Hahem, Bizman Hazah. That's a nace. They go to light the menorah, and that's a nace that happens. That's when a person has that experience and see that you can say either nothing's a miracle or everything's a miracle. By Klai Yisrael, we 
will understand the message of the menorah, understand that everything that happens to you and I and everything is, that is a nace from Hashem. Another similar to story to this, I saw this a few years ago, this is a mind-boggling uh, myself. When this story, when it was, I, it was, I saw it multiple, multiple places, but uh, when World War II ended, there was a, there was a, a, a Corporal Werdiger who was, you know, when the war ended, the Americans, it was a race to get into Berlin. The Americans were coming from, from one side and the Russians were coming from the east, right? And they're, they're racing to get to Berlin. And, and, and then what was happening is they were going so fast, it would leave troops behind to do the cleanup, right? So in one of these American units, this Corporal Winterger was going around, they were going through to make sure to, these villages were emptied from German snipers, that the army had went ahead. And while he was there, he saw a boy running across the field from, from the forest. And he poked up his gun and he said, stop. You know, it could be anything. He said, stop. And the boy didn't listen. And he saw it was a boy and he saw it was holding something. And he didn't shoot him, but he jumped on him and took this boy down. This boy was holding an old menorah. He was holding a menorah. And the boy was terrified. He didn't know what an American was. He didn't know what anything was. He had just experienced six years of the, the Holocaust. And the soldier starts talking to the boy in Yiddish. He says, Ich bin a Yid. And the kid doesn't believe him. He says, Ich bin, I'm, I'm a Jew. And this kid says, I don't believe you. And he says, you're a soldier. And he says, no, I'm a Jew. And we're Americans. We're coming for you. Don't worry. He says, listen, I lost my, my, my father was shot in front of my eyes. I haven't seen my mother for a few years. Why should I believe you? Whatever, this soldier convinced him. And not only did he convince him, he felt so much for this kid he, who told him that what he was doing in the forest was he was, his family had hit a menorah before the war, when the war was starting. There was a family heirloom. It was, it was a Yerusha from the Mishpacha for 200 years. And he went, it's his only connection to his family. So he went, his first opportunity, when the Germans had run away, to get the menorah where his family had hid for 200 years. This Corporal Winterger fell in love with this boy. He said, I'm taking you back with me to America. Kachave took him to America. And by the way, that menorah, his friend told him he could sell for thousands and thousands of dollars in those days, which is tens of thousands of dollars today. The boy said, never. It's all he has, his only connection, his only connection to Yahadus. And this boy, this boy, uh, Captain was, was, when it was, 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 was really adopted by this corporal. His name was David. David. And a couple of years later, uh, 47 or 48, whatever it was, he was lighting his menorah, fine, he had done it a year or two before as well, and there's a knock on the door. And a lady says the following thing. She says, you know, I saw this menorah and it reminded me of my family's menorah when I was in Europe. And so this corporal Winogar says, that's amazing, I'll, you know, I'll take my son, David, David, and he'll tell you about this menorah. It's a, it's a, it was his family for you know, 200 years. So he calls down this David, this David, and he says, there's a lady here who says her, her menorah reminds of hers in Europe, tell her about this menorah. And when this David comes down, it's his mother. He was reunited with his mother from that moment with that thing. Right, that moment, he, he gets this menorah. This corporal sees him in the forest that day. Of all the soldiers, all American soldiers, this guy who speaks Yiddish comes ahead and sees this David, sees this David, and this lady walks by. She ends up in the same city in America and walks by a house on the night of Hanukkah and notices the menorah. That's a nace. 
That's how Yid looks at the world. That's a nace. That's a miracle. That's, a, that's what the Russian Bereslavetik says. A nace, you, people think it's supernatural. And if a Yid doesn't see that, and that's why we have eight days of Hanukkah, says the altar Mikhelm. The Chassam Sefer, and we know when the Chassam Sefer lived, I'm like, I'm like a testament of history over here. And of course, of course. <laughs> hey, Chassam Sefer, 200 years ago, so I mean, it's, right, he's the leader of Bratislava, Pressburg, 200 years ago, the Chassam Sefer, I told him was making his point, the Chassam Sefer says an amazing thing. He has another terrorist. How many terrorists in the week? We do only two terrorists, we're not going to do four, 500 terrorists tonight. The Chassam Sefer says another explanation of why the, there's eight days of Hanukkah and not seven. You know why the first night was also an ace? Yes, the Gemara says there was enough oil, there was enough shemen for that night. But where did they light the menorah that Hanukkah? Where was the menorah usually lit? Right? In the Heichal. But where do we light that night of Hanukkah? When, they, when, they, when the Hashmonayim rededicated the base of Megiddo, where did they light? On that specific day. Yeah. We lit outside that night. Says the Chassam so Soifer. In 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 but it still was in it's the Mikdash. It's still in the Mikdash, but not in the Heichal. Stairs. Right, outside, the, in the Chatzar. Right, by the Chatzar. He says that then, you know why we say it on Alisa Bechatzar's Chatzar? Because that year they wanted to mefarsem the Nais that we had dedicated, they wanted everyone to see it. And he said, even though they had enough oil, had they lit inside the heichal, but what happens when you light a menorah outside? There's winds. And it, and it uses more oil. And it really should not have la- lasted that first night either. Because they lit it outside. And the fact is, is that it continued to light. Right? When you, in Eretz Yisrael, when they light outside, they put a, a box, a translucent box on it, right? They, to make sure how it goes. So the Chassam Soifer says, you know what? That they, they lit it outdoors and that was a nace that it lasted for that first night as well. Then the Chassam Soifer, that's why I asked you to make sure everyone knows it lived. He lived 200 years ago and 200 years ago in the beginning of the Haskalah of the Enlightenment he said the following thing. And he said that the winds in our days and our times, the winds of Kefirah, the winds of denial of HaKadosh Baruch denial of Hashem, right? You know, I, I've, if you're ever bored, you can Google. I, I, I was interviewed by Newsmax, television shows, I've been in newspapers. They, if you would ask a question today, so, someone would say, what do you think of the war in Israel? And we would start talking about Kaddish Baruch Hashem. You say, or in all Novav. You, could you say that in a secular press? No way. We can't even talk about Hashem right now. Everything is, remove Hashem for the picture. Right? You know, I, I, again, I was a rob in California, Silicon Valley, very in, highly educated people, you know, I had a show of from people who were from Google and Apple and Intel and Cisco, all kinds of companies like that. But when you, I would speak sometimes in those kind of organizations. You have to be very careful because the, the reka, the context for the, for even us, even you know, semi-religious Jews, people would go to a lecture. They're so far away. Kol Shekan, the world at large. The Chassam Sofer says two hundred years ago, there is a ruach today which is tra- trying to blow out all of the lights of Torah. All of the ore of Hashem in this world, it tries to, to be machabe, to extinguish it. And we, for therefore, we have to be machazik in a muna 
more than ever before, everything about the world wants to deny a Rebbeinu Shalom. Deny the emes of Torah. He's even talking about, unfortunately, that was, the, you know, the Chassam Seifer was a contemporary of Moses Mendelssohn, you know, and, 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 and his followers. Even in, even in Klal Yisrael, there were groups that came to deny Torah Shebechsav, deny Torah Shebalpeh, right? To, 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 to lose that ability to connect this Chassam Seifer. So he darshes in his Drushes al Khanaka, the Chassam Seifer says, he says, he answers the Beis Yosef's Kasha, why eight days? And then he darshes, but by the way, those winds from that first Hanukkah, that nace, we have to have that nace today as well. We live in a doors where, 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 where 200 years after the Chassam Sefer, where everything, everything around us, where people don't talk about Hashem. And by the way, the people who do are weird. <laughs> you know, you know, they talk, I, I, you know the, a lot of the secular people, when they hear about the Bible, you know, people making all kinds of predictions, and, you know, they're crazy people. The ones who talk about God in, a, in the public sphere are usually charlatans and frauds and fakes. I'm not, I'm not talking about Jews. I'm talking about, like, you know, the, the, we live in a world where we're affected. You know, we don't think we're, we're not affected by the world around us. Some I once saw the Baal Shem Tov already. In the Drosh of the Baal Shem Tov, he says, he, they bring down the song that one of the students of the Baal Shem Tov once said his Amuna was, was, was affected. Tom, the Baal Shem Tov, was a hundred years before the Chassam Seif, approximately. So, you know, he said, why was it affected? He saw some scientific study that this is the time, Baal Shem Tov, he said, he saw scientific that by the crossing of the Reed Sea, the Red Sea, whatever you want to call it, Reed Sea, Red Sea, it's both, it happens to be that the science was, it was a low tide, and just things worked out perfectly, and that's how they were able to cross. So, and that's why you can't believe 100, because of science, the, the, the science that's, that, that's, there, that's there. So the Baal Shem Tov told him, the Baal Shem Tov could have told him, by the way, that's not what happened, there was 12 miracles, all kinds of miracles in the Shvatim. He said, well, if everything worked out at the right time, that itself is a miracle. Mm-hmm. See, we think that Nisim, going back to the altar in Mikhelm, is that you need Har Sinai, and Nisim is that boy who has a menorah who lights it, and his mother comes up, and Nisim that we're here learning Shas, in Gemara, and Dafyemi today, after all that we Klausel went through, that there's millions of Jews in Israel, that, that you, as you mentioned, that we can have the whole world against us, and we're there. You know, that we're there. You know, I wrote an article, when one of my, a few months ago, Daniel, your son, came over to me a few times about this. I wrote about the history of Jews of Teman for Asia Torah. Right? And I wrote that you can have Jews of Teman, you read the Raman hundreds of years ago, the Jews of Teman were trying to be destroyed. Nice! Nice! Do you understand the pressures that the, the, the Jews of Teman, you know, anyone from Poland? Any Polish either? <laughs> like in Spain, they wanted to convert them all to Islam. Right. <clears throat> First to Islam, then to, to Notzrim, everything. Right. It's, it's, right, the time of the Rambam, they tried to destroy it. Right. Right. The, 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 the Rambam had to run to the caves from the, the Alamahads, right? It, it's nascent. That's the nace. But all around us, oh, I don't see any miracles. There's no nascent. That's what we live around. The Tzadik, we call him Liblin. Well, was, of course, one of the great Bali Machshava, who lived 130 years ago, you know, followed the, the, the Torah of Kotsk. Tzadik HaKolim Meliblin, sort of Tzadik, so he says that the Talmud says in, in Soita Memtes, that at the end of time, it's going to be Chutzpah, so it has, what's it say? Chutzpah Yazge. There's going to be a lot of Chutzpah, and, and, and he says that, he says, that people, that Muna and, and, and being stark in Torah and Mitzvahs is going to be very, very challenging. 
Because people are going are gonna to come against all kinds of emunah and mitzvahs and you won't be able to believe everything will be explainable. explainable, explainable. I remember years ago, you know, I, 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 I was very involved in Kiev. So I once saw a guy about 67 years So that's, you see, Hashem where he attacked everything he had, a, he had a terrorist for. Kissinger, you know, Kissinger's 73 war saved the Jews. Nixon was drunk, Kissinger saved the Jews. I said, my friend, don't you realize everything, go back to the Baal Shem Tov. Don't you think, it's a little weird that everything just works out at that time? That just Nixon happens to be drunk. Kissinger has all kinds of Machiavellian plans. You think that's just by chance that happens? Right? That's an ace. You think everything, the, the sea is just perfect. Just as the Jews need it at the last moment, things work out. That's an ace. That's the ongoing ace of Hanukkah. That's the ongoing miracle which Hanukkah reminds us. Reminds us. There is an amazing morale in Nir Chadash. The morale says in Nir Chadash, he explains that the Yuvanim, the Greeks, were symbolized by the Nemer. What's a Nemer? What's a Nemer in Baglit? Nemer, Nemer. A leopard. A leopard. How do you say Nemer? Nemer, no? Nemer. I say Kmo Ashkenazi. Like an Ashkenazi. Leopard. So he says that Yavon is compared to a leopard. And he says the essence of Yavon is there, was their boldness and audacity. Not only did the Greeks think that they were the best in the world. They had the, the gaiva, that they were the best. They tried to spread it around the world, all their ideas. What's that called? Hellenism. Hellenism, right? They tried to affect the entire world. That they were right. Um, and, only, and only they were right. By the way, who else does that today? Isn't that what the Muslim Brotherhood believes? Hamas. You ever see some of these interviews with these persons? Allah will rule the world. They're in Europe. They're in London. They're in Paris. They're in Amsterdam. You think that Hamas, you know, you think that Hamas wants the Gaza? You think the Muslim Brotherhood? You think Iran? They want the world. But and, and I'm just, you know, I was just thinking about when you asked me to, to speak on Sunday afternoon. I was thinking like, we live in a world today where this is this, they're, they're Aussies. They can be on the streets of America, not in not in Tehran, not in Beirut, not in Aza. But in America, and say, we, this is our, we're going to have sh- 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 the, the law here, Sharia law. <laughs> we're going to, Allah, we're going to take over this country. It can be 2% of the country. They're talking like that, and they don't care. They, these people, the jihadists, the, the radical Islamists, they have this Azus, and they're on the streets. And the morale says, that the way you fight against their Azus, that we have to have this Azus to Kedusha. In fact, the Sfas Emes, the Ger Rebbe points out, the Ger Rebbe points out that, um, Ger Rebbe points out that when, when the Chashmanayim, when the Maccabees, when they had the Azus to take on Greece, they, when they stood up for Torah Mitzvah, they took away the Koyach of Azus. They, they took away all of those winds, all of those that Azus, that they can spread and they can conquer us, when we stood up and we had Azus to Kedusha, that's how we defeated them. And the Sfas Emmet says that part of the battle today is to have that Gaiva to Kedusha, so to speak. This is the language, that's what he means. We should be bold as ever. Who did Ben Oimer? Have the Az? Ka? Nemer. What the Maral calls Yavan. We need to be Az Kanemer. Nemer. Right? We need to be Az Kanemer. Right? We need to have that. And by the way, it doesn't just mean to go out next week for those who are going to Washington, D.C. and hold and not to be scared. 
but it means to be oz in our own Yiddishkeit, oz in our own connection to Torah. They come and be brazen and scream, Allah, we scream, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and we, they only, Ishmael only cares about the, about the Nisan, that they want public. We see Hashem everywhere in this world. Our oldest, Adam, right now is a time we need to mischazek ourselves in our own Torah mitzvahs. We, we, I'm telling you the truth. I'm, a guy this week, I'm, I wrote this article on Kirov, I just showed it for, for Arut Sheva. It said, no better time to do Kirov than right now. There are so many of our Achenu Bnei Yisrael who are not dati, not religious, who are waking up. I had a guy 10 days ago call me. I never met him before. From Brazil, he read something I wrote. He asked if he could speak to me. He told me, he's a group in Philadelphia, married to a not-Jewish lady. And he started, he wants to do something for Torah now. What could he do? Mm-hmm. I told this to Moshe Eisenberg, who one of the heads of, of NCSY. Mm-hmm. So he said, he told me, he was right near me, he said that he had a Jew from L.A. call him up. He never met him either. He said, look, no, he's a very, very wealthy guy from LA, married to a non-Jew, who st- since this started, started saying brachot, brachas, every single morning, and he's a different person. So, uh, you're talking about uh, an opportunity. So a guy just, last night, reached out to me. Oh, his name is Arnie. I won't say his last name. He lives in Chicago. Never met him. He's contacted me, I don't know, a lot of times. He said he started wearing tefillin every morning. He's a reformed Jew. He said he started wearing tefillin every single morning for... A schut, I didn't say a schut, but as a merit mm-hmm. for the soldiers. If this is army, what about us? We need this azus. It's not just, you know, and, and the Sfas Emes is a remarkable thing. Zak the Sfas Emes. Sfas Emes is a remarkable thing. He says, you know what? The, why we, we, we put the menorah by what the, the halakha and the Gemara is where do we put the menorah according to the Gemara? Outside. Outside by what? Keneged. Ha. But, but connected what's Lashon? Mahamazuzah. Right? One side is the, one side is the mezuzah, one side is the menorah. Says the Sfas Emes, says the Sfas Emes, really, the mezuzah is when we go out, or we come in from the outside world. Is that the of what we just said earlier, that they put the, the menorah in the chutzah? Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah, that's, uh, a lot of the drashah will connect it to be outside, outside, that the, the menorah should shine to the world, but one is on the, uh, going in outside and one's going out outside, right? But the menorah says it, it's to, be, to have this uh, message to us, to message to us with this. But the Chassat says today, where do we like the menorah today? In the, in the house. And it, it used to be, the Ramah says, it lived in the house because it used to be dangerous. But the Chassat says, even today, the great guy Rebbe says, we like because we need this message in our own homes. We need to be smeschazik ourselves. Our homes have to see that the ore of Torah, the ore of light, the, to be Oz. Don't, if, if we see them on the streets screaming, Allah, this kill from the river to the sea, Palestine, we need to be Oz in our Torah mitzvahs. Adrab, it's a time to mischazik ourselves. If army is putting on tefillin, if you're learning that filming, you have to do more. Not less, more today. It's a time we need, the others is us. It's not just in tefillah, it's not just in chesed. It's being us as we come into this, in, into this tukufa. And Adarabi, you see, who are the people who fought against Yavan? Who were they? Who are they? Yeah. Chashmonai. And what shape did they come from? The Kohanim. The Kohanim, Levim, because it's Torah. The more we have, that's how we fight the, 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 the others of, of, of it. And it takes a certain pride. You have to be, you know, you have, we need to be, you know, you know, to realize this is our opportunity. I, I started off, you know, talking about this. we're living with Baisai in a historical times. Achar Esim, all of us can look at ourselves and we're going to say, we did something for Kalah Yisrael. 
are davening, and I, you know, I, I, I literally been giving shirim on how every one of our tehillim is affecting the war. Obviously, the soldiers, the ones fighting with the mitzchazik, them they're they're being meisur nefesh vigof to fight. But we're, we're, our tefillah is going to make a difference, a hundred percent. But it's not just our tefillah, everybody say. It's a time we have to be oz in our avodas Hashem. That's what Hanukkah is all about, and seeing Hashem and the mitzchazik Hashem to know that we're living in a moment. All of us, you know, as a kid. I used to always ask myself, what would I do if I lived in the time of the Holocaust? All four of my grandparents, all four, are Holocaust survivors in Poland. My mother's parents are second marriage. Their first spouses were murdered. You know, I'm named after my two great-grandfathers who were murdered. Right? I lived, I grew up, and with my whole youth saying, what would I do? And we're living that today, everybody's saying. We're, we're sitting there watching people in the universities, on the streets, and certainly trying to destroy, it's not about Ozzy, they want to destroy Klal That's the battle. They want to, you listen to them. They're not lying. <laughs> From the river to the sea means destroy. Hamas's charter is what it is against Jews. What are we doing? We need to, to know that we're living in a time of Nisim no less today. That's why we have atheists of Khan with Dumishazar. So I'm going to end with one story, an amazing story, the Satmar Rebbe was many, you know, who was, was a great person. So many years ago, the following thing. There was a Chuk of Arava. The Chuk of Arava was a Shmuel Schnitzler. Um, Shmuel Schnitzler was, was, was a Rav in, I think, I believe it was in Hungary. And he ended up in Bergen-Belsen in 1944. You know that. I was, my grandparents were Polish, all four of them. They experienced the Holocaust in 1939. You know, my, my grandfather, was, who was the Louvino, was, was in Brock, which is one of the first... Shtetlach to get the Nazis. It's north of Varsha, and as they came, the first reports of the Nazi atrocities was in Brock. Okay, so my grandfather was one of the first people in the world to see what they're about to do to the Jews. Um, he, he ran, whatever, his long, long story. But the, the, the Hungarians were thrown into, into, into they survived into Auschwitz, Bergen, Boston, in, the, in April, May, June of 1944. And in, in the camps, this is Schmuel was a, was a Yid who looked at Jew, who looked around, hey, mechazek, he gave chizek to everyone, shalom aleichem, it's going to be good, he tells stories about, of matnisim, about miracles, and the first few months, the first few months, it worked, people do, but after months, people, they said the death all around them, and the people were metesh, they give up, they started to give up, and he had less stories to tell, you know, you know, have stories after a while, and he himself was struggling, but at the same level, all he can think about was Omas Hanukkah, and he was thinking to himself, he wants to light menorah in the camp. They told me, you're crazy. Right? You're crazy. My wife's grandfather, who was Hungarian, heard the chauffeur in Auschwitz. So <laughs> he heard the chauffeur in Auschwitz on Rosh, that Rosh Hashanah. Um, he was in Auschwitz. He had, he had numbers. Um, but he was looking to, to, to light the menorah. And every, he was asking around, asking around, could he see get anyone who has the, 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 the wicks for the, the for no, for, for thing. No one, what are you crazy? No, this guy was looking for it. One day, he, he used to bury the dead. This Shmuel Schnitzler would bury the dead every night. That was his job. And as he's going, he sees a little hole, and he sees something sticking on the hole, and he sticks his hand in, and he finds a pach shal shemen, a jug of oil. He, this is a guy going around, asking to find, he finds oil, and he sticks his hand in deeper, he finds eight Eight things of oil and wax. A nice nigla in Auschwitz. A nice, I mean, the guy can't believe it. He comes, but he didn't want to take it because I told him to bury it there. But he figures the guy's going to take it the next night, he'll do it. 
So he told all these people he found oil. They thought he snapped. They thought he had been asking for days that anyone oil it works. They thought he became nuts. You know, plenty of people in, in the barracks became nuts, Meshuga. And they thought he became Meshuga. So he tell he he told, he said, do you have the no, don't have it. So um, what happens is next night he comes there, no one had taken it, he takes it back to the bunk, he lit it. And the people were shocked. In all eight nights of Hanukkah, all eight nights of Hanukkah, he lit he lit that oil. Right? He lit he lit that oil. That's a nice. And he said it gave tremendous chizuk to all of the people in that, that barrack who had started oh. to international. Several years later, he moved to Eretz Yisrael. He became a rebbe, and I think the chalk of a rebbe in Eretz Yisrael, not a famous rebbe. But he went to visit the Satmar rebbe, and he went to visit the Satmar rebbe because he remembered him from Hungary. He was in America, so he went to visit. And he, the Satmar rebbe had been in Bergen-Belsen. Anyone know how? Got, anyone knows how he got out? Kastner put him on the Kastner train. It's a famous story. Like Kastner, he was on the Kastner train. Kastner had a dream the night before to put him on the train. Like a crazy story. He was on the Kastner train. The Satmar Rebbe started to talk to, to the Chalkava Rebbe about Bergen-Belsen. So they were talking, they were reminiscing about his time in Bergen-Belsen. And the Satmar Rebbe told him the following thing. He said, you know, one thing I always felt bad about is I left the Bergen-Belsen on Chaf Aleph Kislev. And the two weeks before, I had worked, I had bribed people in the Salman Rebbe to get me oil for eight days of Hanukkah. I had bribed them, get me oil for the eight days of Hanukkah. And when I found that I was being freed, I buried those eight jugs of oil. I felt so bad that I never used them after spending so much time on The Chalk of a Rebbe said to him, don't worry. Those eight things gave light to many Jews in the worst possible moment. I want to just end with this. Many, many people... And they, I've heard this story. They always spoke on the Satma Rebbe. But the real message is the truck of a Rebbe over here. He didn't give up. He asked for the oil. He looked for the oil. He had the nace. Of course, there was many shluchim in that, that story. But because he kept looking for the oil, that's why he got it. That boy, David, who I mentioned before, who held the menorah and lit the menorah, even though his father was murdered in front of his eyes, he had never seen his mother again. He was Oz. He didn't give up. He saw the nace. And these are the nace that come. Rabbi said, we should be zeicha. As Hanukkah comes, to be, we should be mischazik ourselves. If we're odds, we will see nisim v'nit flies. And we say in Al Nisim, the Tameim should fall to the hands of the Tahirim. The Rabbim, the, the hundreds of millions, billions of people against this fraud, Ma'atim. And like on Hanukkah, where we had Oz the Kedusha, we were mischazik ourselves. We saw the Bani Shalom, we should mischazik ourselves today, and we'll be zeichazik to see nisim v'nit flies. Amen. Amen.